Welcome to... I feel like I always say it. You say it this time. Welcome to Here There Be Dragons, a Black Sails podcast hosted by Lewis and Chelsea. I'm Chelsea. I'm Lewis. <laughs> Chelsea, add to the agenda discussion for a shorter name. Or what is the line from the I, show? <laughs> I think that's it. Okay. Okay. You guys get it. Yes. You get it. So, this is our penultimate episode of the of season. Of the season one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a milestone. <laughs> it is. I think it's a milestone. Our, full, our, our first penultimate episode yes. of a season. Yes. So. Episode seven. Episode seven. You're with us if you're watching season one, episode seven. Episode VII. Mm-hmm. Captain. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot happens in this episode. So my recap is um, a little less eloquent than I feel like it usually is. Let's so get to it. Here we go. We see a super sweaty slash crying pastor rehearsing to himself while Ryder comes by to tell Mrs. Barlow that Flint is back. Flint and Eleanor catch up about what happened the past couple of days while Anne and Jack take their turn to have very unsatisfying sex. Max gets a little pep talk from Adele while DeFrank gets a badass tattoo because he's now the quartermaster. Meanwhile, DeGroot is worried about a fire hazard with Randall's one, one leg, which causes Randall to point Silver out as a thief. Mr. Scott and Eleanor kind of make up, and Vane is off on his own gathering men from the big beardy guy. Gates confronts Flint and says, after this last voyage, we're breaking up. Silver fails DeGroot's test, but he convinces Randall to change his story so that they can both be on the crew again. Vane is literally buried alive. Mr. Scott joins Hornigold's crew. Miranda and Flint fight. Eleanor and Flint connect. And Vane rises from the dead. Wow. Yeah. A lot happens. A lot happens. Mm-hmm. A lot of really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get to it. What do you want to talk about first? I want to talk about Silver and Randall first. Oh, man. <laughs> because I think it's funny. It's really funny. It's also, um, it's, yeah, it's funny. It's good. It's good tension. Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's a fun conflict for Silver to wind up in Mm -hmm. and also a really fun first challenge for Dufresne to grapple with as Uh new quartermaster. There's just sort of like a fun kind of like madcap feel to it where it's like, this problem feels so silly, but also, like, the stakes are literally life and death. Yeah. And we think that we know Randall and what he's capable of, but he is capable of a whole other level in this episode. Well, that's what I like also about the show again, where it, the, this the it feels like this weird B or C plot, but it's yeah. very important. Mm-hmm. If Randall has been, uh, has been harboring this secret, I guess, or this knowledge, mm-hmm. and is now going to come forward with it, then that undoes the entire plot of the yeah. show. And, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think the show has proven itself above following through on plots like that. Like, yeah. for all intents and purposes, you're watching this, and you're like, oh my god, this could be it. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, as they navigate the situation in Silver, it, like, makes the observation early on that it's not a win-win. It's a lose-lose situation. Yes. Um it's it's a it's just a, it's a, it's also serves another example for the um, Flint Gates slash Billy storyline that like these men and these pirates just keep encountering situations where the good thing is to do is lie. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it's just like it's just the truth is dangerous and it's it's just not good for anyone. Yeah, 
Also tracking Silver's character path, I feel like this is the first time we see him having to care about someone else. Because the solution that he has to arrive to is promising to literally physically take care of Randall on the ship. Yeah. Like, he has to think about someone else's needs before his own. And it's true, it's because he's under pressure and he's in this, he's kind of backed into a corner. But he is having to, like, empathize with someone else and, like, take their position in order to figure out the solution to his problem. Yeah. Kind of for the first time that we've seen. You mean during the course of this episode, he has to do that to solve the problem? Yeah. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. He can't just think about what I want, what I'm going to do, the words I'm going to use. He has to think about, well, what does Randall actually want from this? Yeah. Because his words don't work on Randall, really. His, like, eloquence and his logic don't really work. Yeah. Because Randall gets either confused or he doesn't care. That's true. Or he can't communicate enough to to say what he wants. But Silver has to really kind of dig into his empathetic muscles and figure out what is actual Randall actually want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he also I get the, I get a little bit of the sense that he's sort of doing that with Dufresne in the scenes too, mm. where um, you know maybe not to that extent, but. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's chemistry between the two actors when the moments where Dufresne sort of takes him aside yeah. and is like, you, I know, I know, believe me, I know the situation. Yeah. I know how ridiculous this is, but this is what you have to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And Silver, the way that they just have this exchange of Silver looking at him like, yeah, you're right. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, because uh, we know Dufresne is smart. Yeah. He's always been smart. Just because he's gone through this battle doesn't mean that his intelligence goes away. No. But also Dufresne, maybe it was my... um, Well, no. I mean, I think it's the establishment of Dufresne as a character so far this season. My first guess would not have been that Dufresne was capable of seeing the the moral ambiguity Mm -hmm. of this situation. Yeah. Like, especially having been recently deputized as quartermaster, yeah. I would have my guess would have been that he would panic mm-hmm. and either um, not be able to make a decision mm-hmm. or make the wrong decision. Yeah. In an effort to impress Gates or or just you know suffer from some sort of mm-hmm. paralysis of of choice, but he doesn't. Yeah. He he was presented with a really hard situation. Mhm. And he kind of Handles it perfectly. Yeah, he does a good job. He also instantly, in like the heated moment when DeGroote is about to yeah. take Silver to out him in front of the crew, and Randall pulls his shtick, which is just such a funny scene. It's so funny. You're a thief. You're a thief. You're a thief. <laughs> <laughs> um, that DeGroote is the first one to, or uh, Dufresne is the first yeah. one. Or not, I mean, the first one, but he just so instantly is like, I see exactly what's happening. Uh-huh. Randall's giving us an out. Let's yeah. take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, we get comedic gold at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we told you this show was the best show on television and that it had better writing we than did. Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. We didn't tell you it was above a little little fart joke here and there. <laughs> Little toot, little toot from time to time. Okay, <laughs> I, it's just so brilliant because he's Silver so gives this whole speech about how smart he thinks Randall is, and Randall just with impeccable timing just lets him go, and Silver is still like, 
I think you did that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny, the speech that Silver gives, because if you've been tracking Silver, you know that he's only shown deference and real fear to Flint. Uh-huh. And in this scene, the wide yeah. eyes he gives Randall is <laughs> yeah. like, it's possible that you're a goddamn genius. This <laughs> is <laughs> really <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh-huh. But also, it is possible. It is entirely possible. I mean, I think I'm kind of sticking to my theory that Randall has a lot more cognitive capabilities than speech capabilities. Like, I think it, internally his thoughts are are there. He just somehow lost the ability to communicate them verbally. I just formulated another theory. Okay. If that is the case, then wouldn't Randall have witnessed the captain killing so-and-so when he pushed him under the ship in the episode where they killed the ship? Mm, He did just get his leg cut off in that moment, so... You would excuse his delirium. I would also forgive him if he was distracted. Yeah, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, that's also possible. Okay. Um, I also love... Um, is is that the storyline in the scene in which De, uh, DeGroote makes his aside about how a one-legged man in the galley is a fire hazard? Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> He's such a little worrywart. It's a fire hazard. <laughs> I can't, Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. I think that's all I have about uh, about Silver and Randall. Well, did you want to talk about um, Gates and Flint next? Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think Dufresne is relevant in both stories. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he obviously is, because the beginning of this episode, it is in this episode that we see him become the new quartermaster, yes. right? He gets his tattoo. So Billy is... Billy's dead, and Dufresne becomes quartermaster. He's dead. For now. He, okay. Yeah. Okay. He's dead, and Duf- and Dufresne becomes quartermaster. Yes. And it, I just like how that's clearly going to haunt everybody. Uh huh. Like, like Gates says, um, you know, how how does he say it? I for I could forgive you all these things, oh, but not Billy. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's when he's talking about the Maria Lane. Right. And he's like, men died, and I could forgive you for those things, but not Billy. Right. And I and and I want I I want to talk about that scene, but I just think that like that is true for almost everybody. Like I think Billy Billy's not just like, oh, Flint killed Billy, but Billy's disappearance from the crew yeah. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean um, he was beloved. Right, and also like it's a throwaway line, but when they when Flint and Gates are walking away from the Dufresne thing, and they kind of have this actually kind of like fun moment where they laugh with each other mm-hmm. when when Flint, Flint says like I'm surprised how quickly they've taken a Dufresne, yeah, and Gates says, well, um, you know, Dufresne chewed a man's throat, so or what does he say like how quickly the men take to someone who chewed a man's throat or something. Yeah, Flynn says something like that, and then Gates is like, I'm surprised they were smart enough to choose Dufresne. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just feels like... I don't know. The ghost of Billy is there in those scenes of, like, he was this voice of innocence Mm -hmm. and presence of innocence on the ship, and all the men kind of knew that, and his absence is... 
bad for Flint. Yeah. I mean, we see how bad it is when we kind of get the reveal at the end of the episode that Gates has been conspiring with the rest of the crew to murder Flint. Oh my god, that's right. God, I don't want to skip around so much, but like, yeah, that's the reveal we get at the end of the episode. And that's been happening probably since Billy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think we saw it, we were talking about it last episode when we saw it in Gates' face. Mm -hmm. The complete break from Flint in that moment that he said, it's Billy, you went overboard. Yeah. I mean, I really think it is I don't, I, it's like a breakup and not in a trivial way in like a truly devastating way that Gates is having to break up with Flint. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he says, I'm, I, I'm tired of the energy it takes to believe you yeah. and to believe in you. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's so, it's just such a succinct way of putting that feeling, you know, when you're like, if you're with somebody or you're friends with somebody and you're like, I thought you were this person that I loved and that I believed in and we had this amazing friendship. But actually, now that I'm looking back on everything, I just had to keep continually convincing myself that you were this person that I loved. And you're not that person at all. You're actually, in Flynn's case, a a crazy murderer who's like killing everybody I love. Yeah. And, 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 the same is true for Flint, too, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, Flint says um, a lot of horrible things in the mm-hmm. scene to Gates. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly part of, like, a very messy, bad breakup where they're... I mean, like, yeah, yeah, breakup is the right word. Where they're throwing, like, their worst truths about each other at each other. When when Flint says you should have been a better... Then oh, you should have been a better God. father. But I think there's some truth in the... And also the line where he says, you you should have helped him understand the world in which he lived, mm-hmm. which is like that line is everything we've been saying about yeah. Billy living in a different world and the pirates and totally. being much more optimistic and forward thinking than, yeah, or think, I don't know, higher thinking than the rest of the pirates mm-hmm. and Flint's not being like dragged, not, not just dragged down by that, but just being like that is incompatible with the world and you should have shown yeah. the way. But I think that's also like shows that, just like Gates is looking at Flint and saying, "Like you never were the man that I thought." Yeah, I I want I, I you you were. I I think Flint is also looking at Gates and sort of saying, "I thought you understood this. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't realize you had to convince yourself every day. I mm-hmm. thought you were you understood the world in which we lived. Yeah. The idea that like if you were gonna be that to be a better father, in other words." To Flint means that Gates would have brought Billy into this worldview. Yeah. Also like them. Um, and I think it just shows like Gates is basically like taking the gloves off and saying, I'm done with this whole yeah. lying for your truth, for your twisted view of the truth thing. And Flint's like not is brushing the whole thing off because he's like, I don't I don't know what you're talking. Like, not like I don't mm. know what you're talking about, but like uh, this you're right, this is not going to work, kind of, if yeah. you don't believe in this. I guess I just, t- I felt the scene in just, like, a much more emotional way, I think, than, y- than you took it. I just saw Flint just, it's just so hurt that he became enraged. Mm. And just, like, the way that that Toby Stevens, like, 
just twists his face and like hardens himself. Yeah. The second that Gates says like I'm done with you and and he just gets so like nasty to him and not in the feminist way. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I mean hashtag nasty. Oh. I mean the opposite of that. Uh-huh. Um that he just is like and and I think we see it again when he confronts Miranda too. That it's these people that he's let into his world just the tiniest bit and they're betraying him. And the way that he responds is to just put up the wall, harden himself again, and attack in the most vicious way he possibly knows. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible to watch. (laughs) He's a truly amazing actor. He really is. Oh, my God. Sorry, I just brought the scene back up. <laughs> I brought the scene back up just so we could look at his face. For a second <laughs> look at that. See how different that is? Yeah. In between frames? Yeah. Look at Oh my god. If you're not watching the scene right along right now, I'm so sorry <laughs> that you can't see what we're watching. Um I mean, like I I almost want to do like a frame by frame comparison. Of like, this to what? Of like Flint at the beginning of the conversation versus Flint right now. Oh, yeah. Because it's the same shot. Like, his body hasn't moved. It's just his face. Yeah. Ugh, he's amazing. Um, so, anyway, okay, so we could we could talk about how great this scene is forever. I know, I know. We, 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 <laughs> are there any? Stuff. I mean, every line I is mean, so there good. I mean, there are so many gems. When, yeah, uh, what does he say? Everyone is lied to for their own good. Yes. Um, if no one knows, everyone wins. Ugh, yes. I mean, like, these are not new concepts, I guess, for us or no, for the show. No, but they are, like, kind of succinct little little themes that you could, like, oh, yes, black sales. The, we say one, one of those again. What? One of the quotes again. If, you, if no one knows, everyone wins. Yeah. Black sales, colon. If no one knows, everyone wins. <clears throat> An essay about, <laughs> <laughs> about the greater good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's a really good scene. Um, oh, he also calls Gates by his first name. Oh, yeah, Hal. 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 Which I think is actually probably the best evidence of what you're saying of how emotionally yes. raw this scene is really for the two of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do we have, we're going to talk about Flint and, and Miranda later, right? Yes. The last thing that I wanted to say about... Um, Flint and Gates is that at one point Flint uh, Flint says something about pure reason, uh huh, which is a total callback to Marcus Aurelius. Oh yeah, and Stoicism and yeah. like using logic and reason. Yeah, which is so funny because he's so emotional at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's so intoxicating about Flint. Yes, he's so like stone cold. But like sweaty and emotional about yes. it. <laughs> he's also like he's able to lie to himself so easily. Yeah. Like I mean I think like what you were saying about him using logic in this scene and like trying to be rational with Gates about how he should have been a better dad and like know about this world. I think that's totally the narrative that's going on in his head. Yeah. He's like oh I I need to get him to like wake up to reality of this world right and how we can win for everyone's benefit and the greater good. But actually, he's, like, really mad and upset because the friend that he trusted the most in this world is saying that is leaving him. Yeah. 
And that's so sad. And we should, I mean, then that's like truly the, like, that's the truth. Gates yeah. is Flint's closest friend on yes, the show. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I also, I know that you want to talk about Miranda and him later, but yeah. I think it's a good segue into the idea that whatever's going on here is very personal to Flint. Mm-hmm. Like, he, there's something very... Um, like, he's just so emotionally wrong, that scene with Miranda, when he says... Oh, God, yeah. When when she says... Uh, or when he basically says, why did you do this? And she says, I've tried to give you an out. And he says yeah. that there is there is no out to this. Yeah. Like, that... It's so... It's such a clear demonstration of... of um, emotionally, because we still have not been given the clarification yes. on what their actual plot manifestations are. Right. But emotionally, she is done with whatever it is they're doing, and yeah. he is, like, nowhere near that point. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into the, the specifics of what they talk about in a little bit, but sort of as, like, a... Not really a side note, but... This scene is one of the reasons why this series is so amazing to rewatch. Yeah. I mean... We, just from seeing the whole show, have been able to pick up on so many little nuances of season one, but, like, even more explicitly, like, I remember being a little bit frustrated during season one, being like, I don't know what they're talking about. And, right. like, when are they going to finally tell me, like, what's actually going on here? And I and I, I felt a little frustrated, but the thing that carried me through was honestly the quality of the acting. That clearly especially Flint and Miranda had so much going on internally and with each other that I was still so invested. Yeah. Even though I had no idea what it was. Yeah. I mean, they are just, they're so connected Mm -hmm. and they're so, they're so in it. Yeah. They're so honest. Yeah. It's just great. But so my recommendation is once you finish watching it through with us, go back and watch it again because... You can just mine so much from it. Yeah, it's and then so that's cool. when we'll do our second rewatch and, and yeah, be, exactly. our, be our spoiler rewatch where we can actually go into detail <laughs> about what these scenes are really about. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I, I agree. There, I, I actually also remember being frustrated with how... Um, it, with the same thing. Yeah. And I also... It's great for rewatching, but I also do think the show is, uh, it is frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating for, mm-hmm. to watch mm-hmm. it for the first time. And I can't imagine what it must have been like when it was first airing and you yeah. like well, had to go week to week mm-hmm. and sort of just kind of agonizingly get this long drawn out thing where like it didn't seem like any clarity was just, like mm-hmm. within immediate reach. Um, it feels like, it feels like a book in that way. Like now that it's all out. You can kind of like watch it at your own pace, or you can like read two chapters in one night if you want to, or <laughs> you can read half a chapter and you can really think about it and ruminate on it. And, and yeah, just go at your own pace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but let's talk about their actual argument. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, like you were saying, she's, she's done. She says there's no life here. And, you can totally see it from her perspective. I mean, we've seen how lonely she is and how closed off from everything she is. And also, we're getting glimpses of her old life, which apparently was very social. Yeah. They had these salons and they were having all these intellectual conversations. And she was a part of, like, 
higher society and like and you believe that she was too absolutely yeah she seems she's like so elegant she needs well she seems so social yeah she she is so desperate that she'll talk to that gross pastor yeah yeah <laughs> for any intellectual stimulation like yeah this is not her world and i think being alone for her is the worst thing in the world. Mm. I don't think it's the worst thing for everybody, but I think for her, it's the worst thing. Yeah. So. I mean, it's so bad. Like, pre this episode, she wrote that letter. She betrayed yes. Flynn's trust and, like, mm-hmm. tried to arrange this out. She, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, there's a life in Boston where there's music and joy and peace. But then Flint is just. He calls that an intolerable sacrifice. Yeah. To apologize to England. Yeah. And then we get his, basically his manifesto, which is... This ends when I grant them my forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And we realize, oh, it's not about treasure. It's not even about setting up Nassau as a town. Yeah. It's not about his crew. It's not about Miranda. Yeah. It's about England apologizing to him. Which, who knows what that even looks like? Yeah. Yeah, now my head is spinning because, like, in the course of season one, we've had, like, several different moments where you and I have been like, oh, this is what Flint wants. So I just want to be careful of being like... Because in the first episode, he said, I want a war. Yeah. And then in the second episode, he said, I want to retire. Uh Uh-huh. And then this episode, he says, I want England to apologize to me personally. (laughs) (laughs) He's also said he wants to be king at some (laughs) point. Yeah. And Gates throws that back at him in this episode, Uh too. That was like, that was said in the first episode, and then it was kind of left alone. Yeah. But... Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so I think, but, I mean, I'm not pointing out inconsistencies. I just think the show, like, there's several different layers of, like, what Flint thinks he wants, what the show is trying to make us think he wants. Uh Uh-huh. What Flint thinks what he wants will look like. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe he thinks being a king will give him enough power to then get an apology. Yeah. I mean... It's it's it, when he frames it that way. What he's framing is like a, a, just a classic good guy and bad guy thing. He's yeah. like, I just want justice to win. Yeah. I just don't want injustice to go unanswered. And that doesn't mean it, right now. It doesn't mean anybody specifically. It doesn't mean anything specifically. It uh-huh. just means I want the good guys to win, and yeah. I'm a good guy. Yeah. And that's why, I lo- like, when everybody throws that, like, are you what are you king back in his face? Where he's like, well, maybe. Yeah. Like. Uh, <laughs> Like, we're all fighting for good over here. Yeah. And, like, that's not clear to anybody except for him, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And some twisted view of the world mm-hmm. that is also consistent with the way that almost everybody else in this community sees it. Yeah. The pirates are the good guys. Yeah. They are freedom fighters. Uh-huh. And the British are evil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the reason... I just think this is the truest expression of what he wants because... He's with Miranda, who we know he's very comfortable with. She's, like, one of the people who know his plans and know where he's from. She's the only one who knows where he's from. And it's just... He's already had this fight with Gates, and he's provoked even more into a sense of hurt and anger. Mm -hmm. 
I just think he's so emotionally raw mm-hmm. at that point that when he says they need to, they need my forgiveness. Yeah. Because that's also like, it's not a concrete thing where he can be like, I want the, or I want to steal that treasure. I want to make a home in Nassau. I want us to go to Boston. He doesn't want that, but you know, it's not a, it's the only thing he said he wants. It's not an actual tangible thing. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, he could do this forever. Yeah. Oh, there is no, there's no end to this. Yeah. And Miranda realizes that too. And that's why she's like, let's just please stop now. Yeah. God, like what, what would you even say if one day I was like, I want this impossible emotional thing or else I will never be happy. I would say I have this TV show you should watch <laughs> where the protagonist, question mark, goes through the yeah. exact same emotional journey. Great. Cool. Let's do a podcast about it and work it out over. Uh, oh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Yeah. I'm very happy. <laughs> um, okay. I, if we, we've talked for Ooh. half an hour about okay. Flint and all this other stuff. I know, yeah. because how can you not? Okay, let's go to some of our um, smaller characters, shall we? Who? Um, uh, should we just talk about, like, Max and Anne and Jack real quick? Yeah. So um, maybe you were right when you said something about Jack not being a great businessman. Yeah, maybe I was right. Shocking. Okay. <laughs> I still stand by the move that he made at that moment was, like, a good move. Okay. Clearly it has backfired because everybody is stealing from him. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Jack is easy. <laughs> um, yeah, so we finally get to see Max, like, take a little bit of her power back, which is fun. Yeah, Max is back in her element mm-hmm. and also given opportunity to... Yeah. I just love that Adele, the other prostitute, is like, oh, here's my advice get get to work now because you can steal some money from Jack. Yeah. And Max is like, um, okay, I see the situation going on here and I see how I can insert myself not just as another prostitute. Right. But a position above mm-hmm. <laughs> and take back some of my power. And I just love that she's doing a little bit of a selfish move there. I can't recall what her relationship with Jack is right before this. Um, he's one of Vane's, he's Vane's quartermaster. Yeah, I just took her. I just wonder if while she was there, she observed something about Jack that made her, him seem like this guy mm-hmm. is different from what's his name, Noonan. Well, I think that he... Was that his name? Yeah, that was Noonan, the other brothel guy. Yeah, the, the, like, Jack is someone who, like, if I do step in to help, yeah. then he will appreciate it, and he and I will grow closer to him somehow. I mean, I think she knows that, like, Jack never visited her in the tent. Oh, yeah. And I think she knows that Jack is with Anne, and Anne rescued her. Yeah, I guess that's all she needs to know. And yeah. also that Jack, like bought this problem for some reason. <laughs> and also that he has no clue what he's doing. Yeah. So he's easy to take advantage of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is this the episode that begins with Anne and Jack having sex? Yeah. I, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, again, we see how comfortable they are. And even though it was, like, not great sex, they clearly, like, know what each other likes. <laughs> Yeah. And, like, have a very fulfilling sex life together. Yeah. 
Jack is just very distracted at this point. <laughs> He's got a lot on his mind. The delivery of, no, no thank you. <laughs> it's funny. Mm-hmm. We get some male nudity in this episode, which I always appreciate. Appreciated that pendulum is swinging back uh, just in time for the end of the first season. Yeah. I mean, it's not enough to make up for all the boobage and stuff we saw, but it's right. it's swinging back. Mm-hmm. It's something. Mr. Scott returns. Yeah. And it's tense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a way that it actually kind of surprised me. Oh, really? Yeah, that, I that didn't. she wasn't just like, oh my God, you made it back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I expected more sympathy from her. Mm. Even after everything we've seen. Yeah. Their scenes sort of surprised me. I mean, like in a good way. They were really good scenes. Really good. Really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the moment where Mr. Scott said, I did it because I wanted you to have the life that you deserve. And Eleanor comes back and says, "I my life is mine. Yeah. It's not my dad's. It's not horn and gold. It's not yours. It's my life. And then she says, do you understand? Which is exactly what Mr. Scott has been saying to her this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she's in her red coat. She is like, I just saved this island with my business plan of the consortium. Mm -hmm. It's it's going. It's up on its feet. It's working. And she's just... She's, I mean, she's growing up. It does. F- uh, yes. And I appreciate, I love that. It does mm-hmm. feel like, uh, like a weird moment to have this or not a weird moment, but just like an odd moment to have this, uh, uh, growth, I guess, with her and Mr. Scott, because he's just had the situation. Like I he's know. got a bunch of escaped slaves with him yeah. that he now has to negotiate their freedom and their continued like lives. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like an odd situation for her to continue to assert her dominance. Yeah. And he kind of knows that. Or he kind of throws yeah. that back in her face when he says, like, I belong to you. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, yeah. So he it's, says, it, where else would I go? Yeah. I belong to you. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think that he's pressuring her to realize, like, I was just, I was just sold. Yeah. I, that just happened again because of your family. And, I mean, she is very uncomfortable with that, clearly. She says, you know, I, I never thought of you that way. and it, But it's a truth, and she's unwilling to confront that truth of yeah. their relationship. Yeah. And I think that they both can realize that to some extent, and I think that's why he can't stay. Yeah. And why he needs to join Hornigold's crew. Right. Which he does. Yeah. And he leaves her again. Yeah. But you know what? She needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, it's the girl Eleanor. She also has great hair this episode. (laughs) I really love her hairstyle. Um, and then we get to see her with Flint a little bit later on in the episode. Oh my God! Yeah, she and Flint have this. Oh wait, did we skip the um, the very beginning where she tells Flint like you will like John Silver now? 
Because yeah. that's it's like it's a quick scene, mm-hmm. but another thing that happens in that scene is that she tells Flint to get Barlow under control. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's another scene where she's asserted, continued to assert her dominance. Like she's got enough yeah. power over Flint to say, "Get your woman in line." Yeah, basically. Also, when she's like, "Oh yeah, while you were gone, this, this, and this happened." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Really?" He's like, "It's I only been two episodes. It's <laughs> <missed> a lot." <laughs> <laughs> um, but then also like, but also it does seem like. Pretty quick and easy of her to, like, after Silver did, like, one small thing. I mean, I know that it was a big help to help free Max, but, like, mm-hmm. his contribution was pretty s- small in the scheme of things. Yeah, but I think his contribution put him at risk. Yeah. Like, physical risk. Anyway, it just seems, like, so quick for her to suddenly, like, put her, like, I don't know, her her leadership role on the line to say Flint... Captain Flint, uh-huh. I'm threatening you if you don't bring back this person who cost your crew dearly alive, then you will suffer. Mm-hmm. Seems like a pretty big threat. I don't know to me. Yeah, but she also doesn't have a problem making threats. Well, maybe she should. She maybe she should, but <laughs> she doesn't currently have a problem making threats. <laughs> yeah. There's also that great moment in that scene where Silver interrupts. Like, the story she's telling to uh-huh. say, like, yeah. Or, like, he laughs in, in like, agreement. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and like, tries Flint, to insert like, himself. Yeah, Flint, like, flashes him a look like, what the <laughs> hell do you think you are? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I just didn't want to forget the Eleanor scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's, like, basically it's, like, the la- one of the last scenes of the episode where uh, Flint and... Uh, Eleanor have their moment, right? Yeah, well, Flint's just coming from his fight with Miranda, and he is drunk. And I think it, we see him doubting himself for the first time. Well, yeah. And questioning what he's doing. I mean, it's the first time we had we had mentioned a few episodes back that Flint and Eleanor are both sort of on these fool's quests. Yeah for their people and their island and their, yeah. And in every other situation, it's been Flint who's got, who's like carried the mantle of leadership and inspiration. And in this moment, it's Flint who falters and he turns to Eleanor for, are we even doing, like, is what I'm even doing, like crazy or, or, yeah, worth all this. I mean, they both are clearly... They're invested in NASA for some reason. Yeah. And it seems for both of them that we don't entirely know their full reasons yet or can't quite figure out what their full reasons are yet. But it's both logical in a business political sense, but it's also deeply emotional for both of them. Yeah. And I love that they don't get together. Yeah, because they may totally make it feel like they're about to hook up. They totally... There's definitely tension. But... But it's so much more complicated if they don't hook up. Yeah. That that tension somehow exists and, like, what actually is that? Is it attraction? Is it just being vulnerable together? Is it love? Is it friendship? Is it companionship? Like, it's just so much more interesting yeah. if they don't actually kiss or have sex or anything. Yeah. I love it. Amazing. This show is amazing. 
Should we talk about Vane? Let's talk about Vane. Okay. So I did some Googling, and for the record, coming out of dirt after being buried alive is extremely difficult. <laughs> well, Vane is a Superman person, so. Yeah, but. Vane can do anything, Chelsea. Come on. I remember watching the first time, and I was like, oh my god! But then watching the second time, I was like, this is a little much. That's so funny, because I wrote down, this is badass and extremely good. <laughs> well, I thought that after Googling it that I was going to find out, like, oh yeah, actually, if you're endured, it's like actually pretty easy to get out. Um, but most people try to get out of a coffin. <laughs> when they're buried alive, and they're pretty successful. There's a whole technique online, if you're interested. But there's this one guy who's a magician who tried to get buried alive in dirt, and he almost died. So I wouldn't recommend trying it at home. And I'm just... It just pushes the boundaries of reality a little bit for me, personally. Wait, so you went on that whole tangent just to say that you don't like that it does that? Correct. I would have preferred that they just, like, tossed him away somewhere and he came back rather than the the actual... I think I'm nitpicking, but rather than the actual burying him and him rising up out of the ground. I know it's a rebirth motif. I get it. It's a little on the nose. Okay, but apart from your discomfort with all that stuff... The fight... Is amazing. The fight is amazing. The fight choreography in this show is very good, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know that much about fight choreography, but I think it looks Chelsea, very good. <laughs> but Chelsea, put that on your DVD box. Chelsea <laughs> says, it's very good. No, I agree. It's very good. It reminded me, I know we compare it to Game of Thrones a lot, but I know. it did remind me of some uh, of like the um, Viper versus the Mountain mm-hmm. fight in Game of Thrones. I mean, also, though, apparently this guy is huge yeah in real life yeah like he's famous for how big he is yeah i mean he's pretty big he's he's a very big man <laughs> um okay but what else about this vain storyline i mean like it's pretty basic right he's clearly he was a yeah. slave with this colony or with this group this crew of men yeah and now he's come back to find he saw hallucinations of this guy yeah and now he sought them out because mm-hmm. he knows that nassau's he knows that Nassau's weak because Eleanor is weak, and yeah. then he can just take it all right now at this moment. Yeah. Which is like, it's a good storyline because we've seen that. Like, they've spent yeah. the entire first season showing us that, like, yeah, this shit is all about to blow. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah. Vane seizing on this and, like, finding an army of people to take with him makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and also, and like, and I guess that is the situation, right? This is a yes. crew of men yes. who also have slaves. Yes. And Vane was a slave with their crew. Yes. And as a child or... Yeah. All the slaves are young boys. Yeah. Which also leads down some icky roads. Yeah. Um, It's interesting to me that we don't get any of Flint's origin story, but we get all of his, like, emotional depth about his emotion... Or about his origin story. Yeah. And for Vane, I feel like we, we jump to his story right away. Of where yeah, he came right. from. And I guess we kind of get a little bit in like the hallucination scene of his uh, his emotional, his feelings. But I don't know, I don't know how this has affected him. Because I don't know that much about him. Yeah. Emotionally. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. I feel like, I mean, it's not like they're just going to drop this story. This is a major part of his character. It's a very formative experience for him. But it feels a little early to learn this much about him when I don't know that much about him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because, like, every other character has a backstory, Mm -hmm. has backstory, has, like, history with everyone else and with pirates and with Eleanor and the Guthries and Nassau, Mm -hmm. Um, including Jack, or including uh, Vane. But, yeah, this is is the only one that, like, we kind of go and explore the pathology of, like, what happened to him as a kid and, like, where he comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. In a way that, like, we kind of know where Eleanor comes from, but it's way more important what her relationship with her dad is right now. Right. Than it was, like, how she grew up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone else is defined by how they're dealing with the realities of their situation right now. And, like, so is Vane, and he was kind of quickly. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you're right. This is... That's why this story feels odd. Because it's, like, it is... It is, a Yeah. It is digging through the past to find this new arc. It's a... It's a physical departure from the story because he is going off on his own. But in some ways, it also does feel like an emotional departure. Yeah. But, I mean, the things that I like about it are, you know, we said we don't know that much about Vane. Now we know quite a bit about Vane. Mm -hmm. And moving forward, we can have this lens Mm -hmm. to view him and his actions with. You know, we see that he comes from... We see him going back to the place that he came from and reclaiming his power and a place where he was powerless. Mm. And and he is reborn, in a sense, because he literally conquers his demon that was haunting him. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, kills him and takes, takes his crew. And I guess it, throughout the season, we've seen him sort of like unmanned, quote unquote, by Eleanor. Like, she takes away his crew and his livelihood and... He's been drunk and on drugs for the whole time. He's really been off his game. And it seems like he had to go back to his beginnings to to reclaim himself and to take control over himself again. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's another character who's given up a lot of his power to other people. And now he's taken it back. So I guess in that way he is sort of thematically tied in to the show yeah but also like you're totally valid in thinking like this is a less interesting story than the others because yeah it's just different from the others right yeah i mean i'm I'm also less interested in this story yeah although i like the line no man is rich who could get a lot more by doing a lot less yeah that is a good one um um so um that's it for me on this app Good app. Yeah. I'm excited about the finale. I'm excited mm-hmm, about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, I feel like this episode has to do it because it's the last episode, it's the penultimate episode of the se- season. Right. But um, the rest of the season, there has not been a good uh, sense of urgency. Mm. Like, I, rem- I remember when yeah. I was watching the first season and I had this whole time was like, they have this schedule for this treasure ship yeah like how long is the schedule because it feels like weeks are going by yeah and everyone's just kind of sitting around being like well should we get more guns in our ship or yeah. should we go now i know like it, there's there it's not like clearly there's an emotional urgency going on but right. like time feels weird yeah time is a little funky um and 
And this episode, Eleanor has a moment where she says, like, the mission is in 36 hours or whatever. Yeah. This is, the, like, the final night before the mission. Yes. And, like, you suddenly realize, like, oh, oh yeah, they've done all the things they said they had to do. They got the guns. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the second ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gates is going to captain the second ship. Uh, like, the plan is ready. And, and Silver is safe, and he's got the map in his head. Yeah. Um, They're ready to go, but also, at the end of this, Flint might die. Well, yeah, but I'm saying this is the first episode that's like, and the and the voyage is tomorrow, right? Instead of like, and I could have used that throughout the last six episodes sure. of like, that's fair. The 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 ship is going to be in our vicinity or whatever, mm-hmm. um, a week from today. So we have two days to get the guns, two days to bring them back. Like right. I, I would have appreciated more of that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I I feel like as I was writing the recap today, though, it's like wow. The, uh, a lot happens in this episode, and I just feel like more is going to start to happen in every single episode. Yes. So, I'll try to keep it as condensed as possible. Uh-huh. Um, any final thoughts? No. <clears throat> I actually said all my idol favorite thing. I think my favorite thing is DeGroote saying there's a one man, uh, one-legged man in the galley. It's <laughs> a fire hazard. Sure, sure. Um, I appreciate that when Vane rises from the depths, he's covered, just like we saw Dufresne covered in blood, he's covered in dirt. Mm. You know, there's these sort of rebirths into monsterhood mm-hmm. that did occur. Oh, I love that when Vane talks about NASA, he uses feminine pronouns. Oh, yeah. He loves the ladies. Oh, <laughs> when Flint and Eleanor are talking... And Eleanor is like, oh, yeah, I just talked to my dad about everything over tea. And Flint goes, oh, so it was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Dufresne has a cool tattoo. It's the shark teeth, which are cool. Yeah. Um, Probably because he bit that guy. I just thought of that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do they call him Shark? Do they give him a nickname? No, I don't think so. Okay. So find us on Twitter. Tweet at us. Find us on iTunes. Rate us. Mm-hmm. We're at There Be Sales on Twitter. And, you know, here there be dragons. You can find us on the iTunes store. And... Watch the finale. Watch then the finale. We cannot wait. And then after the finale... We might do a season recap episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and take a breather to just do the story so far. Mm-hmm. And hopefully also bring in a little bit more Treasure Island knowledge in, yeah. that, in that recap as well. Um, cool. So, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Henry fucking Avery. <laughs> Bye. No, I'm Lewis. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>